Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about pelotons and pel- pelotons. Pelotons. <laughs> I know about pelicans. Does that count? No. Hopefully not. And the, not yet. We'll get there. And the outdoor <laughs> consumption of exotic meats. <laughs> we are going to get there, aren't we? Yep, we are. Terrific. Uh, Today is July 2nd, and I am Rachel, your occasional baseball guru, and I am joined by, surrounded by cherry blossoms. Oh, that's that's me. I'm Rebecca. I am your director of hobby, hobby, hobby operations. Does that have to do with this, beer? Uh, sure. Or maybe bunnies. But the hockey season is over. <laughs> uh, yeah, We're off to so a great start here. We really are. We are really just 10 out of 10 here today. Yeah, so I like hockey stuff. That's cool. <laughs> Way to go. Nancy, what do you do? I have decided I have a new title. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I am the Baroness of Basketball. Ooh. Oh, I like it. Thank you I very like much. I like it. And as my first official act, I would like to shout out my father's birthday today. Happy birthday, Dad. Oh. I don't know if you still listen to this, but... Happy birthday, Pops. Yeah. 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 It's a good one. Okay, well, today let's start off with... Sad baseball, so we can get it out of the way. <laughs> Dad would approve. <laughs> so we've kept you abreast of some of the developments of what's been called the uh, saddest organizational move in modern sports. Um, <laughs> with the A's probably moving out of Oakland. Wah, wah, uh, wah. Yeah. So they have... I think they finally officially signed with Las Vegas. Or... Um, you know they had some kind of agreement but then the legislature had to pass some mm-hmm. stuff and they were not passing it because apparently las vegas doesn't really want the a's um but eventually they did um but who cares about all that uh what's actually been happening in oakland is on june 13th so last month uh the fans and i believe we may have mentioned this mm-hmm. earlier yeah on we mentioned it was, it was coming up yeah yeah mm-hmm. so the fans staged a reverse boycott uh, which is where a whole bunch of people who wouldn't ordinarily buy tickets to a random Tuesday after no Tuesday evening game against the Rays, so a team from across the country is not a normally a big draw, uh, bought tickets, and so uh, let's see, I got the attendance numbers. Yeah, it was so a lot. It was uh, the average twenty twenty three attendance, which I believe is the lowest in Major League Baseball this year. 8,555. And on Tuesdays, even, it was like even On Tuesdays, lower. it was like 3,000. 3, yeah. Yeah. Well, the June 13th attendance was 27,759. Wow. Which is, yeah, the largest crowd in the Coliseum since 2018. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, which that's which that's interesting because they had the uh, wild card game in mm-hmm. 2019. And I, I guess even that didn't draw as, as big a crowd. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so as part of the uh, lead up to the boycott, an organization, a local organization, started uh, raising money to make uh, T-shirts to hand out to as many people as they could. They're bright, that bright Kelly green, that's the classic color of the A's. They only use it on Fridays now. But bright green shirts that said sell in big white letters. So essentially telling the current ownership team, telling John Fisher to sell the team rather than move, move to Vegas. Um and uh, they printed up, I believe, 7,000 shirts, uh, only limited by the fact that they could no longer source enough green shirts in the Bay Area <laughs> to keep printing them. 
Yep. And they, I believe they went through Oaklandish, which is a, uh-huh. a local uh, clothing company, which I think is, is pretty cool. They went local for that. Um, so they handed them out to as many people as they could and did you get threw one? out the crowd. Uh, no, oh. I did not. I was not actually at the game. Oh, okay. Sadly. Um, I saw a lot of people made their own versions too. Like I yeah. saw fan made shirts. Oh, that's also. awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they had planned uh, chants to, uh, to do, I believe it was the first batter of mm-hmm. every inning mm-hmm. uh when the the home team was up they said oh, i didn't write this down because i was sure i'd remember it um sell the team so there was sell the team sell the team and then uh the the bottom of every inning the first batter they said uh stay in oakland mm. so and th- you know that wasn't confined to just those right uh times but you know, it was it was neat to hear everybody say it together. And at first, it was kind of like you know, if I didn't know that's what they were saying, I'm not mm-hmm. sure I would have figured it out. But I think I think the crowd got a little better as the night went on. And then, well, did the, the announcers uh, know so they could at least clue people in at home? Well, so this was oh. interesting how it all got yeah. handled. Yeah. So you had Dallas Braden and the guy who's subbing in for uh, uh, Kuiper after the incident. Um. So he. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they talked a lot about the fans, and oh, it was so great to see the fans here, and they they're coming out to support the front of the jersey, which, you know, means not necessarily the players, but the team, I oh, guess. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and they talked about how great it was, and you know, how much they really enjoyed seeing it. And one thing that I hadn't realized was in in April when the announcement was made that um, they'd made a deal with Las Vegas, um. The people in the, there's a group of of diehard fans who go out in the outfield mm. seats mm-hmm. and they drum, mm-hmm. and this has been notorious. And some people hate visiting the Coliseum because there's the drumming. I love which, it. Which yeah, I don't mind I think it. It's Something great. like a a vuvuzela is a uh, a little. But these annoying, are actually but, like they have toms and snare drums and like. Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep a they can keep a beat. So yeah, you right. know, I don't. But as of April, they had in protest they had stopped drumming. Oh. Um, and so Dallas Braden was talking about how he'd missed the drums mm-hmm. and like, uh, it, it saddened me to learn that yeah they had stopped drumming. Cause that's a, I don't know. It just feels like a really big deal. Yeah. Anyways. So the commentators, you know, they talked about it as much as they could. They did not say, they were cl- okay. They did not, they did not say the words reverse boycott. Right. They did not say what the um, crowd was fans saying. were chanting. Yeah. They were clearly not uh, allowed to talk directly about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They did not talk over it when it happened. Oh, good. So, That's nice. Um, yeah. And another thing, at the beginning of either the fifth or the seventh inning, um, the first batter, everybody stood up and observed a moment of silence. And uh, so that was really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the commentators, I forget what they do, like, I think they stopped talking for the last few seconds of that, but but yeah, it was clear that the A's organization could not directly comment on it. And I, I read an article later uh, talking about the uh, the people who ran the camera that showed uh, that will usually show on the jumbotron yeah. show images of people around the stadiums, live crowd shots. Right. Yeah, live crowd shots. Thank you. Um, instead of doing that, because you you could not get a shot of fans without a cell t-shirt. Like you just couldn't Mm -hmm. that they were showing um, pictures from old, you know, old crowd shots or old, you know, Oh dang. 
mm-hmm. advertising pictures. Yeah. And the television broadcast, you had to. Like, there was just simply no way. Because there were a bunch of people behind home plate. Right. With the right. sell t-shirts. You you couldn't cut them out. Right. Um, but I, I heard from that article that they were trying not to show it on the, the Jumbotron. Which is nuts. Because if, like, yeah, if you're, you're in the stadium, you see it. Yeah. You know what's going on. <laughs> and if you accidentally go to this game and don't know that it's a reverse boycott... You're gonna if you don't out. ask somebody yeah. why 27,758 other people are there <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday, you got your head up your ass. Well, I'm and, sorry. And honestly, to me at that point, if you've got a third of the people in the crowd wearing the mm-hmm. same shirt and they're mm-hmm. not showing up on the Jumbotron, that feels more obvious to me than if they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You'd so, think. Yeah. So as for the actual game, it was actually really exciting because the A's were on their biggest win streak since like mid-2021. Uh, they had won games? six games. <gasps> six! <laughs> six whole games, yeah, coming into their seventh. And I don't think they'd won more than two in a row before this. Yeah. Um, but they were on their big win streak and they were playing the Rays, who at that time had the best record in baseball. And I believe are still near the top, if not at the top. But uh, But they lost. You know, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, is this going to, you know, are they just going to get squashed in their, this game? But it was actually a really exciting game. Um, a little too exciting. I think I was texting Nancy for the end were, of the game. I, yeah. I wish the Rays would just, just like, let down. us have this one. Yeah. Just, like, lie down. This just one. lie down, guys. <laughs> Please, we put up a good fight. Let us have yeah. it. We need um, this. This needs to be a moral victory really as well does, as an yeah. actual yeah, victory. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they, uh. There was a, like, I did wonder if the Rays were kind of, because the, the game, like, the last inning kind of hinged on whether a, a runner who had, a Rays runner who had stolen second base was going to be out or not. And, you know, most of the time, if the, the call is under review, and it was, the player will stay out by the base, keep their batting helmet on, you know, as if they're uh, acting as though they were safe, even, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't. Mm-hmm. This guy just headed back onto the dugout. Tossed his batting ball away. The commentators are like, yeah, I think he I think he knows he's out. Look, he's getting a snack. And sure enough, they show Randy or Rosarena, like, ripping open a packet of crackers That's and chowing down until, you know, one of the managers comes up to him and taps him on the arm and hands him his batting help. And it's like, dude, you should at least, you should at least pretend. <laughs> um, and it, it turned Why? out he was out. Why pretend? If you know you're out, just go. I know. You know? I know. I don't know. That's but, so uh, the A's, I don't remember what the final score was. The A's ended up winning by only, like, one run. And it was just very exciting. That's awesome. And it, it felt really good, you know? That does seem uh, like it would And really it, it may be the time, I the last time I feel really good about the Oakland A's. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, because the very next day, the commissioner of baseball uh, came out and said... Uh, I don't remember the exact quote. I don't care to look it up, but essentially it was like, oh, it was nice to see an average crowd at uh, Oakland. Oh, fuck. Like the same crowd that everybody else has. Okay, that, yeah. okay, through my headphones, that raspberry Nancy just blew actually sounded like a tuba. Nice. It was, it was pretty resonant. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Uh, I still got my marching band on, but sure. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> I, need, I need the commissioners of our sports to just walk away. Like, just let us let us get something new in there. Somebody who's not an old white guy, just stop. Yeah, that's just fair. go. Adam Silver yeah. isn't terrible, but he's not great, so that'd be fine. And he's been he's been putting his foot in his mouth a lot lately, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so it was it was one nice shining moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but it didn't last very long. And like I say, soon after that, the Las Vegas uh, uh, legislature, that's what I'm looking for. They approved the oh. deal, which and the weird and there are weird things about this, like the ownership team agreed to accept less money from Las Vegas without negotiation than they were demanding from Oakland or no, that they, I'm sorry, that Oakland had offered them. So Oakland had offered them 400 million. Mm -hmm. They accepted 380 million from Vegas. Wow. And like, obviously cost of living is different. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm sure there are other things that go into that, but it just seems like huge tax differences. Yeah. It just seems like they wanted to move to Vegas and nothing yeah, that Oakland... Right. They just decided that was what they were doing the yeah. end. Yeah. So, as far as I know, there's still no timeline. Um, the, the A's are still under lease with the Coliseum until the end of the 2024 season. Um, so it'll probably just be a lame duck team for another two years, but we'll see what happens after that if they, if they stick around because there's still nowhere in Vegas for them to play, but... You That'll know, be wild much, if that happens. How much of a fan base there's going to be in Vegas when they get there? Like, mm-hmm. and even all the you know they interviewed a bunch of of players, including Bryce Harper, who is now with the Phillies, but he's originally from Vegas, and um, he was saying, and it seemed a lot of people agree, or a lot of players agreed with him, that Vegas should get one of the expansion teams. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were going to get a new team, right. they should get one of the. The new teams. I mean, it's what they did for hockey and the WNBA, and yeah. But uh, doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So that's where we are. I'm sorry. Womp womp. That's such a bummer. Yeah. Like I'm glad that the fans and, showed and, up for that, but I'm sorry that you have to. Yeah, yeah. and I was also. I was also thinking, you know, I, I mean. I'm really glad for the players that they got to play a home game that sounded like a home game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but I feel bad because the next night, you know, Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> nobody was there. Right. And Back they to lost. normal. Their, their win streak ended. And I'm not super surprised because how depressing would that have been to go into work the next day? Yeah. And all the fans are gone. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So somebody cheer me up with something better. Uh, Rebecca, we haven't talked about cycling in a while. Why don't you tell me about the France tour? I don't know if this is going <laughs> to cheer you up, but I'll, oh, I'll have to is also you. acceptable. I'll, I'll distract you. How about that? That works. Okay. Uh, so yes, the, the men's uh, cycling tour of France uh, began <laughs> yesterday, uh, Saturday, July 1st. It always begins the... First weekend in July. Um, this year, it actually starts in Spain, in the Basque region in Spain. Um, it Is has that very, allowed? Yes, it very it's, frequently It's starts. not a tour of Spain. Tour de España et France. Uh, the tour of Spain happens in late August, early September. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very common for the Tour de France to start uh, or spend a day in another country. Last year, so they... weird. I know. Um, seems like that should not be allowed. <laughs> and it seems like it should follow the same route every year, but I guess you got to keep things no, interesting. It, yeah. it also does not follow the same route every year. So last year it started in Copenhagen. Um, this year it's starting in the Basque region. Famously close to France, Copenhagen. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, on, i got to look that up. I have no... So the way the Tour de France works... <laughs> 
is it's a 21 day stage race. So every single day is a separate race and there are points you can win. There are times, time bonuses you can win. Ultimately, the person who wins the Tour de France is the person who completes all of the stages in the combined least amount of time. Seems logical. You'd think. Um, so, like, you could theoretically win the tour without winning. No, no. I could not win theoretically or okay, otherwise. Okay, one, one could <laughs> okay. theoretically win the tour without winning any individual day. Right. Uh, yes. Important update. Uh, Denmark, not near France. Yep. Th- correct. In fact. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, there's one individual time trial, which happened yesterday. And the first day of the tour is almost always an individual time trial, which means that the riders start usually two to three minutes apart, and they just go one by one. It's usually a pretty short race. And the the point of it is to get an original ranking so that mm. on the first quote-unquote real day of the tour, somebody is in the winning jerseys right. so okay there are four possible jerseys you can win there's the yellow jersey which is the winning jersey so if you win the stage if you win the day that means you won in the least amount of time you get the yellow jersey for that day um there's a um mountains best of the mountains jersey that's a white jersey with red polka dots and you get that for uh, point accumulations on mountain stages. So at every mountaintop or designated like point on the mountain, there are points that you can accumulate. Um, and it makes you fashionable. Absolutely. There is the green jersey, which is typically the sprinters. That's another point-based one, but it's point-based on the flatter stages. Um, and then there's the white jersey, which is the best young rider. And I believe that's under 25. Um, so does a new person get the jersey every day like line leader in class? <laughs> um, not automatically. It is possible. So the the yellow jersey, well, all of the jerseys go to the person winning that particular race overall. So like on day one, nobody's wearing a special jersey. On day right. two, there's somebody wearing yellow, white, red polka dot, and green. And then the next day, if there are no mountain mountain points to accumulate the same person is going to be wearing the mountain polka dot jersey but if somebody beats the time the cumulative time of the yellow jersey then that person would then take on the yellow okay right so does somebody wash the jersey between oh they're totally different jerseys they're like a hundred different jerseys okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um that said i mean they usually do start like pretty early. So I am confident that they are doing laundry every single day that somebody on some team is doing laundry every single day for the, for the, like their smocks and their socks and their crew and race, like following around with them. Um, So the likely winners this year, everybody is kind of assuming it's going to be between um, I'm going to, I, I'm going to pronounce these names wrong because I can only pronounce them the way Phil Liggett says them because I've been listening to him <laughs> commentate this for the last 20 years. So Taddy Pagacha and Jonas Vingegaard. Um, Vingegaard won last year and Pagacha won, has won twice before that. 
Um, and they have been through the spring races over the last like six months. They have been basically trading wins back and forth. Mm. Um, so it's going to, it's probably going to come down between the two of them. Um, unless somebody has like a terrible accident or something, which always happens and is heartbreaking. Of course. Yeah. Um, Do you have a personal favorite that you would prefer to win? Uh, not really. Um, I, I always find a favorite as the tour goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I do have a couple of favorite riders, but typically my favorite riders aren't the ones who are going to win the overall tour. So like Mark Cavendish is a favorite of mine. He is, he has won the green Jersey a number of years. He's an incredible, um, British rider. He's really fun to watch. Um, Peter Sagan. And that's mountains, right? That's sprinting. Sprinting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Peter Sagan is another one who's really fun to watch. He's another sprinter. So he and Mark Cavendish go up against each other. Not that way, but they race against each other <laughs> quite often. Um, there is a set How of, do you know, there's a set of identical twins in the race this year. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Um, the Yates brothers, Simon and the other guy. <laughs> oh that's gonna drive that me that seems crazy. like it just opens you up to hijinks yep it, yeah it really could um wh- who's the other yates so, sorry are there special trophies if you end adam. the race with the certain jersey jersey okay adam and simon yeah wait um so like isn't that no, that's Alvin. And no, that's Simon. Alvin. <laughs> Thank you for getting where I was going with that. So it's like they're missing no, one. There's, <laughs> there's no Theodore. They'd have to be triplets. It's true. Um, well, I'm sorry. What was your question? So if you end with the mountain jersey or the sprinter's jersey, do you get a special trophy or you just get to keep the jersey on the last day? Well, you get the prestige of winning and keeping that jersey. You also tend to get money. So, oh, money's good. Yeah. So the uh, the person who wins the person who wins the top four jerseys, they all get money. Um, your team tends to get money. Like when one of the sprinters crosses a sprint point first, your team tends to get money for that. Um, and most teams usually split that pot of money around all the riders. So it's not like if Mark Cavendish crosses all of the sprint points and gets all of the money, he keeps it himself. They usually share it amongst the riders and sometimes the rest of the like support staff of the team. Yeah, Nancy. So, but that's all like cumulative, right? So like the person who quote unquote wins the mountain bits right like that's all of the mountain bits it's not just like whoever happens to be wearing the jersey on the last day well if you're wearing the jersey on the last day that means you are the leader in that race so it's not just the day before points from the day before it's points from all the days everything is okay okay thank you that's yeah but on but on individual stages if somebody who's not wearing the the polka dot jersey crosses a mountain points line first Mm -hmm that rider will usually get some amount of money, okay. you know, 500 euros or something like that. Okay. And that will go to that, like, technically it goes to that person, but most of the teams share that money with the team. So That's the money nice. is yes. not not entirely cumulative. The money is not entirely, yes. Okay. The the points and the time are. Okay. So, I mean, there are, there are a lot of, a lot of moving pieces to the tour. I could probably talk about it for as long as the tour was on, but... 
I don't know how many of our listeners care that much about it as much as I do. Well, if you do, I'm yeah. on Twitter at Agent Bex. <laughs> I will happily talk your ear off about this. Um, I do want to highlight the Americans in the race. Well, and you also, um, before you do that, you also did talk extensively about cycling for one of our Olympic uh, yes. mini-sodes a while ago. So if you do want to hear... Yes more from Rebecca about cycling, which was actually genuinely fascinating because I knew fuck all about it at the time. Um, you can find well, our, our mini-sodes yeah, on our yeah. SoundCloud. It is tremendously different because I think mostly what we covered was the velodrome, which is the indoor cycling. Um, no, you've talked about... No, we had it, We yeah, had an outdoor... Yeah, we did. And okay. you've talked about the uh, Tour de France before, too. Oh, okay. So, like, I just get yeah. to do it every you year. You do. It's great. Because I've forgotten everything <laughs> by the time it rolls around again. So That's fair. Same. That's fair. Um, so there are six Americans in the tour this year. Uh, Nielsen Paulus, Sepp Kuss, Quinn Simmons, Lawson Craddock, Kevin Vermaki, and Matteo Jorgensen. Um, Those names sound 100% really made up. Yep. Yes. Every one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lawson Craddock I mean, sounds a, like a hockey player. Yeah, I, I thought it sounded like <laughs> one of those car talk made up names. Like I was, you know, <laughs> click and yeah. clack the Tabit brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so overall wins are very rare for American cyclists, uh, especially now that we're out of the doping era, mm. which was when Americans really like <laughs> reign supreme with Lance Armstrong and. And uh, Floyd Landis and all of those guys. Um, uh, Sepp Kuss is the only one in that group of American riders who has ever won a stage in the Tour de France. And he won in 2021. So, you know, fun to watch, but don't expect them to win. (laughs) (laughs) Keep those expectations nice and low. I mean, let's just keep them. Yeah. But I mean... I I really, like, I genuinely enjoy watching the tour. Something surprising happens every day. You see kind of feats of incredible strength. You see someone who you think is going to crack, meaning they've lost all of their energy and they're just going to kind of fall to the back of the peloton. And they suddenly get a burst of energy and just, like, take off like a bat out of hell. And it's it's amazing to watch. By the way, the peloton, that main group oh, yeah. of riders... It's not is there just only a bike. One per race, or is the they, they like is the fir- one in the lead called the peloton, or they're all individual pelotons? It usually it's refers to the largest. Okay, it's <laughs> the largest clump. It's usually the largest clump. There's there's going to be like a lead group. Sometimes there are chase groups. Then the peloton is the biggest group on really heavy mountain days, or on very windy flat days the peloton tends to get really stretched out Mm -hmm. um and those are always entertaining um but usually it's just one peloton gotcha yeah so uh three weeks long 21 days is there it's a a lot of fun well i guess you said this i was gonna ask who's favored but you already mentioned there's like the couple of guys who've been yeah, sort of trading Pogaccia back and, and forth yeah, okay yeah what nations are they from just out of curiosity um, do you know taddy pagacha is he's on uae team emirates but he is slovenian mm-hmm. 
And Jonas Vingegaard is on Team Jumbo Visma. What the fuck? And he is Danish. Also, all of these men are skinny. They're skinny little bean poles Mm -hmm. with tiny chicken calves. And if you ever see them take their shirts off, they have the worst farmer's tans in the world. It is a, it is a straight line on the arm and on the shorts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just a like straight line as if it had been drawn on. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Not an ounce of body yeah. fat on them, I'm sure. No, no. Sometimes they have a little extra skin, but no body fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, just imagine that. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> anyway, if they can catch the wind. Maybe it helps. Make it like a sail. Yep. They don't have that much a sail. A sail. <laughs> I think that would probably be considered cheating, but I'm not oh, sure if that's actually cheap. in the rule book. <laughs> Please change the All subject, right. Rachel. <laughs> okay. Uh, soccer. Let's let's soccer now. Fancy. Yeah. So, uh, soccer. That, that's a thing. That's a sport. No sales involved in soccer, and uh, not skinny. Uh, any of the folks playing that, though they they're very fit. They're uh, also not an ounce. I really of body wish fat our listeners. Them. I really wish our listeners could have seen your face when you said "really fit." <laughs> Listen, <laughs> my feelings about <laughs> women's football. No judgment. <laughs> Absolutely no judgment. I just wish they'd been able to see. I'm afraid to even ask what it did. Uh, So the Women's World Cup is coming up uh, this summer. Uh, You may remember we talked about the Men's World Cup last October, November, December, last winter sometime. Um, It was originally scheduled for last summer. Um, but it was December. Yeah. But then it was, you know, fucking hot in Cotter. Um, so they pushed it back to the winter. Uh, the women's world cup is offset from the men's world cup by a year. So that's why we have it this summer. Uh, Mm -hmm. we're going into it. There are some changes. And the first thing I want to start with is the world rankings. So keeping in where. Where will it be this year? In Australia and New Zealand. It's the first okay, co-hosted oh, nice. uh, co-hosted World Cup. Um, so that'll be cool. Okay. Um, and of Very. course, it's, you know, winter down there. So it's reasonable temperatures mm-hmm. to play soccer. Um, and uh, Team USA, as has been the usual for the last however many years, 25, 30 years, uh, is sitting at the top of the standings. They are number yes. one. Uh, Germany is not terribly far behind them, though, actually. So that's interesting. I, I hadn't, I had sort of thought it would be somebody more like England or France, but it goes U.S., then Germany, then Sweden, then England, then France to round out the top five, um, followed by Spain and Canada and Brazil. So there's, there's kind of a big, uh, jump down uh, from the U.S. then to Germany, and then another one from Germany down to Sweden and England. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's hard to win every year. Um, and even though there's not a World Cup every year, there are international tournaments uh, every year. So, but the U.S. came in, I want to say, 
third last time. So so they're mm-hmm. up. They should win again. It's it's time. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What do we? What else? It's their, it's turn. their turn again. Uh, yeah. So it's it's the ninth edition of the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, it is hosted jointly, as I said, by Australia and New Zealand, and it takes place from the twentieth of July to the twentieth of August. Um, so that's uh, you know, a month basically, right? And it's the first to feature an expanded format of 32 teams. Previously, it was 24 teams. So now it's uh, replicating the same format used for the Men's World Cup um, from 1998 to 2022. So 32 teams. uh, And they're going to do it in group stages uh, in the same way. U.S. are the defending World Cup champions. They won the previous two, 2015 and 2019. Uh, tournaments and it starts off in groups so let's see i had the groups pulled up here yeah so uh what is this eight groups of four the u.s is in group e which means they will be initially playing the netherlands portugal and vietnam Uh, and then you know they advance you advance out of the groups and then into the sort of um what's the word for the bracket bracket yeah, the bracket. So you advance out of the groups into the bracket. I believe two teams from each group advance into the bracket, cuts it to 16, uh, and then you go from there. So that will be good. Um, U.S. has quite a few players um, who have played before, which is terrific. Uh, the first U.S. game is on the 21st of July, uh, U.S. versus Vietnam. They then play the Netherlands on the 26th and Portugal on August 1st. Uh, And it looks like we're going to be able to watch these in a variety of places, which is great. Um, Oh, cool. So they're going to be on Fox. They're both regular Fox and FS1, depending on the game. They're also going to be on Peacock and also some of them on CBS. Um, Yeah, so... You do kind of still have to, you know, look up which game is where and when you're going to be able to watch it. But you should be able to find it, which is an improvement, (laughs) right? Like it should be, you know, if you have some sort of basic cable or basic, you know, streaming something or other, you should be able to find the bar. The bar is you can find it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. You have to scrounge through illegal channels and feeds that somebody has put up from their country. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're we're moving up in the world. We can at least, it's now on real channels. That's, you know. It's true. And they're doing replays, so you can actually, you know, see them. Uh, since That's some nice. of the games will be at ass o'clock, uh, mm-hmm. given the location. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so that's, that's that's the one negative so far that I found about moving to the west coast of the U.S. Yep. is that the tour the times are even more fucked. The tour mm-hmm. used to start at six a.m. and now it starts at three a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect for hockey because most of my hockey mm-hmm. games start at seven. Or excuse me, they start at four now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I can still go to bed at a reasonable hour, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the tour starting at three a.m. I am an early riser, but not that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just actually the middle of the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yep. Yeah, no, that's real. Uh, let's see. I wanted to. So, who's gonna give U.S. their biggest, the biggest run for their money? Yeah, that's a good question. So, my, I would say it's one of those top few teams. Um, 
Germany, Sweden, England. I've heard things about Brazil. Uh, they've got a couple real standout players. They're currently ranked. I don't eighth. know. Brazilian soccer sounds a little, a little I know, marginal to I know. me. It's, it's really a bit of a stretch, but, but they might be able to pull it off. Uh, the U.S. Uh, women's team. Let's see. Who do we have stand out here? Um, we've got some of my favorites. Crystal Dunn. Fucking amazing. She should be great. Uh Kelly O'Hara, Julie Ertz, uh, they've been on a few times, Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Horan, or I think she says Horan, um, Christy Mewis, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino. It's a really stacked team. Uh, Lynn Williams. So it, yeah, it's, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, so this is, is how we get through our summer. This is how we get through our summer <laughs> of no sports. Yeah. yeah. Yep, we yeah. uh, watch the women's World Cup. We find World alternate cert sports. Yeah, women's yeah. World Cup and cycling. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really exciting, and I really want to encourage people to watch it. And I'm going to be making an effort to, you know, catch as many games as I can and and watch them, you know, in real time at least as much as mm-hmm. possible, because uh, I think it'll be, it should be quite competitive. It's great that they've expanded, you know, the uh, the number of teams competing. That's a, a really big deal. Uh, because it does allow for more, you know, like we've got Jamaica, we've got South Africa, we've got South Korea. Like we're getting a wider, wider base and of teams in, which is really important. You know what's great is some of the times are going to be terrible for us. Yes, mm-hmm. but the U.S.'s first game is against Vietnam. It's at six o'clock p.m. Yep, I believe that's Eastern. But yeah, no. No, is that Pacific? That's oh, really? it's Mountain Standard Time, which is what I am, which right now is Pacific. <laughs> when you guys all change time, then I will be in a different time zone than you, because Arizona is one of the states that doesn't change time. Well, zones. depending on where you are in Arizona, as we learned oh. on our Odyssey yep. through it, <laughs> we sure did. Mm-hmm. At any case, right now we are in the same time zone, so right. six o'clock p.m. July twenty first yeah, is the women's it's first like game. Either mm-hmm. either eighteen or twenty hours different. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on time of year yeah. from Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, That's I'm excited. It is exciting. I think it'll be really good. Well, if I may drag the uh, the conversation back to, uh, Do it. well, diamond sports, not just baseball. So uh, I did want to follow up on <laughs> sports played on a diamond. There needs to be a better uh-huh. umbrella term for softball and baseball and Maybe cricket. I was going to say, what, is cricket played on a things? diamond? I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's on a cricket's field, one of those things. But it's on a pitch. Where I'm like, e- pitch, yeah. Well, everything in Britain's on a pitch. I was going to call, suggest calling it a ball sport, and then I was like, that doesn't narrow it down. Nope, does not. How about a bat sport? Yeah. That just. I mean, they all have bats. Sounds like but a... that. Sounds like you're racing winged mammals. Yes, you know exactly. I mean, Thank you. So. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch anyway. It, but... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, softball. Um, so I did want to follow up on college softball because I think the last time we talked about it, the uh, women's college world series was still going on. Mm-hmm. Is that yes? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, ho- I hope nobody was in terrible suspense because Oklahoma, the team that is so much better than everybody else, just just stomped the second place <laughs> team, oh. FSU, just. Just beat them to smithereens, which, uh, you know. Uh, That's why which, they're called the Oklahoma smithereens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, 
In fact, they're so good that there was a little bit of conversation from the commentators uh, about whether it's good for the sport. Oh, shut I mean, up. Fair. To have one no. team that is stomping everybody else. No. Um, I think pro sports and college sports are, are a little bit different in that regard because it's not as easy to shuffle the cards in a college mm. program. Right. Um, and the commentators were saying, a lot of former softball players themselves, no, absolutely not. You know, we love to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder, this is a genuine question because I don't know. I don't watch a lot of men's college sports. You know, would we be having this question around a men's team right. that was so dominant? Yeah, I don't um, my, my guess would be that we would not. Yeah, I I mean, my only thought would be because people are so loyal to colleges and they, they don't follow players from team to team, you know? Mm-hmm. If a That's player true. switches to a different college team, they're dead to you now. Um, <laughs> Which is true for some of us so, as adults. You but know, yeah, mostly, uh, yeah. And my, you know, my gut reaction is kind of like, not yet. Like, we'll see how long this continues. Because, like I've, I have said, yeah. I do genuinely w- enjoy watching Oklahoma. I think they're fun to watch. Um, but, you know, if your team year after year, you keep feeling like has no chance. Or, like, right. why would I watch this game when I know the outcome ahead well, of time? Well, that's right. like, I mean, women's college basketball, the Connecticut UConn Huskies mm-hmm. won for, like, 35 years straight or something yeah. absolutely absurd oh, like that. So. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was a a conversation. Um, And, you know, we'll see what that looks like going forward. Because, I mean, the deck does get shuffled somewhat. And uh, even, uh, actually, there was a very specific piece of news that came out after the College World Series, which is that um, Oklahoma's star pitcher, who was a sophomore, I believe either freshman or sophomore, um, who, you know, I mean, of course, they have a number of very good pitchers, but this was kind of their store pitcher, star pitcher, Jordy Ball. Uh, she a- announced after the World Series that she was transferring to Nebraska. Wow. Which does not have a high-powered softball program. Yet. And she was saying, yeah, exactly. She said, you know, the, the, the main reason was she wanted to be closer to family mm-hmm. and she's been feeling that way for a while. Um, but also that she wanted to grow the sport in other locations. Good for her. Which, you know, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, probably a lot of college players are not in the uh, a situation where they, they can or want to do yeah. that. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. And and hopefully, you know, we start to hear a little bit more about Nebraska and, you know, starts to draw some some good players to some teams that were not traditionally powerhouses. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I, ju- I, you know, my gut reaction to is this good for the sport is I kind of don't. I think any team winning and winning well is good for the profile of the sport. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, people love watching a blowout as long as you're not the team that's getting blown out. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I mean, and... uh, I probably shouldn't have an opinion about collegiate women's softball since I have not watched a single minute of (laughs) collegiate women's softball. But, you know, that's never stopped us from having an opinion before. <laughs> uh, I may have to sit you down and force you to watch it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I say, I genuinely don't know. And probably if you heard anything about the Women's College World Series, it was just that, you know, Oklahoma is this crazy good team mm-hmm. that hits a bazillion home runs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that could certainly be good for the sport. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. So, I gotta say, speaking as... Uh, 
a Warriors fan, uh, and which obviously not a collegiate team, but a team that has won a lot in the last few years, right? Like, yeah, I'm never going to turn down a win. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say I found the championships when they were not just fully blowing everybody out much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I don't have any problem with a college team just winning year after year after year. I might start to have a little problem with the same college team absolutely massacring all of their opponents year after year after year, just because it does get a little less interesting and it does make you wonder about like if that, you know, if you're if you're applying to colleges and you're a good softball player and you don't get onto that team, do you even just go like, eh, never mind, you know? Well, yeah, and I guess I guess in the collegiate arena, a team that blows everybody out of the water year after year i'd i'd kind of want to look at what they're doing differently from yeah, the other exactly. teams like yeah. is there some yeah. sort of structural inequality set up that yes. favors this team over others right yeah and i will say you know historically it has not been like in the past few you know maybe decade mm-hmm. or so it has been oklahoma but before that, it was really uh, UCLA and Arizona because those were kind of where the women's uh, college programs had started mm-hmm. for the sport. Um, and we have seen over time, like the, the SEC teams, the teams that I primarily pay attention to, have really been rising up the ranks in the past 15 years or so to where, you know, you, you have players who, even though they grew up in California, they want to go to a Southeastern mm-hmm. uh, softball program. Well, or like I watched most of the women's college gymnastics uh, Mm -hmm. finals this year. And it was so close. I mean, it was hundreds of a point, you know, hundreds Mm -hmm. of a point off between the top four teams. And it was just fascinating to watch, you know, especially as, you know, it wasn't stressful for me because I wasn't rooting for any of the teams. So it was just like, (laughs) genuinely have no idea how this is going to go. Like it could change at any moment for any one of the teams and that was really interesting so i don't know were the were the gators one of the teams do you remember no they were not i think they were in the next bracket down um okay yeah they've been pretty good with gymnastics for the past few years i do know that women women's gymnastics no this was uh the u uh, which is university of utah one of the oklahoma's Maybe the other Oklahoma also. There was another solidly like great. Uh oh, something Plains, in the water at Oklahoma yeah. Plains team, and I don't remember who the fourth team was. Um, but yeah, it was. I was. I was. You know, if I was rooting for anybody, it was rooting for Utah. But I, you know, yeah, I don't. Right. I didn't have strong feelings what, about it. When was that? Mm, April, May. Oh, okay. Well, remind me next year because I, I yeah for sure it was want to pay great. attention to that. I mean, I probably still have it DVR next time you come over. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, continuing with our vein of college sports, uh, after the women's college world series, the uh, uh lesser event of the men's college <laughs> world series, uh, did take place the the baseball tournament, um, and I had uh two dogs in the race this year, um, so the format is actually the same as the women's college world series with the, you know, top 64 down to the, mm-hmm. you know, next round and the next round. Anyway. So the, the men's college world series is the top eight teams. And, uh, I had, uh, I didn't find this out until the very end of the season that, uh, the Gators, who is the, the male, the male Gators, not the lady Gators, <laughs> uh, was the, ended up being the number two 
team in the rankings. Mm. And the number one team, surprisingly, was my alma mater of Wake Forest. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I learned that they uh, they have a they started in 2019 a like a special uh, medical bio met, not biometric that's not bio some uh, pitching lab huh. where they study okay. you know they break down the movements mm-hmm. of of arms and do all that kind of right they study stuff. like how you throw and say you know if you make this tiny exactly. virtually imperceptible change kinetics. Kinetics, that's what... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, started in 2019. So, the program is really starting to pay off now. And they had some just amazing pitchers. Um, so, they ended the uh, the season in first place. And uh, both the Gators and uh, the Demon Deacons, yes, <laughs> that's the mascot, uh, went to the uh, Men's College World Series along with... LSU, Texas Christian, uh, Oral Roberts, which was kind of a surprise, uh... I forget who else. Um, but the semifinals got down to um, uh, Gators versus TCU, Texas Christian, and uh, uh, Wake Forest versus or uh, LSU. Too many U's. Um, so both your teams won. made it to the semifinals. Made it to the semifinals. Gators won against TCU. Um, but uh, the... Uh, so the LSU team, we actually mentioned them because they came up in our conversation about uh, Alabama, which was the team that the coach got uh, canned for mm. betting against oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and LSU, LSU was the team that they were playing. And my point was, like, they were probably going to lose to LSU anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they uh, – which an interesting side note there. Alabama actually uh, ended up ranked number 15th because after – uh, the coach got booted and their assistant coach took over. They won a whole bunch of games Ooh. because all of a sudden their their coach believes in them now. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Either that or so, they just uh, didn't have a drunk coach anymore. Oh, no, that was a different <laughs> one. That, that guy wasn't drunk. Never mind. Yeah. But um, so I think uh, it was Wake that ended up beating them in the the um, the round before the Men's College World Series. And But I was it was kind of nice. You know, I'm never going to root for Alabama because I can't. <laughs> but... Uh, I was not mad to see that they made it that far right. after having such a shitty coach. Anyway, so unfortunately, so my point was LSU, uh, it was ranked number five going this, but everybody was kind of surprised that they were ranked that low because like they and Wake Forest kind of sh- shared the, the top two spots for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, because it turns out LSU is like insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the two of the players that I think are supposed to go top two in the draft. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, one pitcher, one, uh, hitter who's phenomenal. And so, uh, Wake played really hard, but, uh, LSU beat them. Uh, they, they played, ended up playing three games because of the double elimination tournament. Wake won the first one and then LSU, but you could have argued that Wake had a little help from the umps. Like, Mm. I hate to say it, but, um, anyway, so LSU, the last day of that round of the tournament took two games and ended up going to the finals. So the finals was Gators versus LSU. Uh, first game was a real close game. Uh, I may have even gone into extra innings and LSU ended up hitting a home run and um, were they walk? I don't know if they're the home team, but anyway, they won in a very close game mm-hmm. at the very end, which the cool thing about the uh, men's college world series 
a lot of the games were very close, even if the teams weren't necessarily ranked close to each other. Oh, that's nice. There was a lot of a lot of close games and a lot of action in the later innings, which for a baseball game is you know <laughs> shocking, sometimes Unusual. revelatory. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes all the action is in like the first two innings, and you sit there and the score is the same at the end. Yeah. But there were a lot of come come from behind wins, a lot of late inning wins. So the games were were genuinely very exciting to watch, which was cool. Um. Then, so it's a three-game series between Gators and LSU. Um, uh, LSU wins the first, a very close game. The second game, the Gators just shellack LSU. Oh. Uh, they they set a new record for number of runs scored in a uh, a, a men's college World Series game with twenty four. Holy wow! Shit. Yep, uh, LSU got four runs. Oh damn! Yep. Uh, and then the problem was, and I, I kind of saw this coming. I don't know why, but I was, it didn't surprise me. LSU came back the next game and did the reverse and just beat the stuffing out of the Gators. They, they only got 18 runs, but they got, uh, they set a new record for the number of hits (laughs) in a men's (laughs) college world series game. Uh, I believe uh, the Gators had tied the record in the game before, but LSU actually broke it in the next game. Wow. But yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't a heartbreaking loss. It was just like a oh, oh yeah, and like <laughs> forty two. Well, we runs can do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes! And I think what what kind of prepared me for it was because the Angels had just had a three game series against I don't know somebody, but they scored like twenty five runs to three. Like they won like twenty five to three, and so the the run differential over the the few games was like 18, you know, mm-hmm. angels had scored 18 more runs than the other team, but they ended up losing the, the three game series oh. because the game on either side of that, that route what? was, you know, they lost, oh. which, uh, it's the reemergence of, of tungsten armo Doyle, the phenomenon where two of the angels players put up a, mm-hmm. an amazing uh, performance and the angels still lose. Um, so anyway, so that was, Great highs and great lows were experienced <laughs> in that uh, three-game series there at the end. Um, but, you know, Gators in those first two games acquitted themselves well. <laughs> but it's just amazing to see how a team one day can, yeah. you know, and the, Be on top the, of the uh, world. fortunes can reverse. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I have to ask. Okay. At what point are we grilling this Gator? And well, why? Okay. I have to interrupt, though. Oh, Okay. Before we answer that very important question, just to say, speaking of Wake Forest, uh huh, there's news, which oh. is that Chris Paul, your oh, yeah. college buddy, has been traded to the Warriors and will be on I the did Warriors see team next year. So I'm excited. I am excited too. I'm legitimately excited about that. And we could talk more about it later, but I just wanted to interject that like Chris Paul, Bay Area superstar, here we go. I might buy a jersey. Who knows? You should. That'd be fun. Now, back to the Gator and the Grill. Okay, so for the second game, uh, the one where the Gators stomped the LSU Tigers, uh, one of the LSU parents uh, was spotted during the large tailgate uh, grilling not just Gator Tail, which is fairly common uh, in the Southeast to see. Mm-hmm. He was grilling a whole ass Gator. That's a big grill. Yeah. Uh, small Gator. I was going to say, grill. hopefully, Small Gator also. Yeah, but the thing is, nobody knew where he got it yeah. because this is this is taking place in Omaha, uh-huh. Nebraska, not famous for their alligator population. Yeah, he kept it in a so, cooler. 
Yeah, could he fly with it though? Like, can you fly with a whole? We'd have to drive up from Louisiana or something. I guess so. Big cooler too. I mean, I'm sure Yeti probably makes one big enough. (laughs) I'm sure. Small gator. Maybe he owns an ice cream truck. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect actual grilling of actual animals in this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that. Because so my my reaction to this was wait a minute that's not fair because if you tried to grill a tiger which is LSU's mascot you probably go to jail yep. like I'm sure there's a law against that in the somewhere. U.S. Yes, in the U.S. Um, so that led to my next thought: which mascots could you grill without going to jail, and which could you not? Uh-huh. I mean, I think it varies a lot right like there's because there's a lot of weird protected like not weird bad but just like little known laws protecting especially a lot of different bird species mm-hmm. so i feel like especially for a lot of the bird mascots you could run into a lot of trouble pretty quickly like all the various eagles yeah right? like, yeah don't you grill the eagle you couldn't grill <laughs> right? the philadelphia eagle or the capital right. slap shot because it's right. a bald eagle it's very Sharky, on the other hand un-american totally well valid. it might does it depend on the kind of shark, though? Probably. Like, probably yeah, that's probably I'm sure true. there are some protected sharks. Yeah, there must be. But you can also get shark fin soup in San Francisco. So, so I think... I'm, not, I'm not advocating for the grilling of Gritty. But I think that mascots like Gritty and Yuppie and the Philadelphia Fanatic, who are just completely made up nothings... I feel like you so. This is what those. I was wondering too. And what about like Orbit the alien or whatever? Like, yeah. is there a Stick law the against grill. grilling aliens? Like, I don't think the, there is. Are we presuming that they're made of meat though? And can we presume such a thing? What else well, are they made of? They're talking about the actual Muppet suit, no. right? Like, we're obviously not. About, okay. Yeah, we're not talking yeah, about grilling talking humans about... in mascot suits. Just right, for the no, record, obvi- FBI. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> the real but world like, equivalent. Yeah. Can you look at a non-human life form and automatically assume this is carbon-based and would taste good with barbecue sauce? Well, like, I think I'm not sure you can. But if it's that is not the same Earth, thing as putting it on the grill, though. You can put anything on the grill. Whether or not it turns out well is a different question. <laughs> I mean, they're they're animate creatures that like walk around, so it's not like sticking a tree on the grill. They could what, be gelatinous. What else would they be made of? Like, they have to have some I mean, sort of bone and muscle structure yeah, to be but able to I'm stand sure upright on Earth. Silicon-based life forms probably don't taste the same as carbon-based life forms. They may not be able to be grilled. But, like but again, that's the question is, are we grilling mascots and not getting arrested, or are we grilling mascots for a yummy okay. meal? Yeah, those are two that's different true. questions. <laughs> but, I mean, then, you know, I we're looking at, this can hair. you put it inanimate objects on a grill and i would argue that like not applicable like you just wouldn't but they're not inanimate they're animate no they're not no they're not they're just make-believe i mean you you people grill veg like shish kebabs you grill vegetables those are not what we generally think of as ambulatory animate objects well not ambulatory but they are life forms yeah well so are these things that's true so, uh, bringing back to pelicans, which I believe we mentioned mm-hmm. early on, I think you could probably get away with pelicans. I don't know. There might be a law about that. That might 
because I know at least in California, uh, one of the I don't remember if it's I think it's brown pelicans are protected are they, protected species. Pelicans in the U.S. are protected by the Migratory Bird Treaty oh, Act. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, dang. Yeah, this I think what I'm right. I think most of the birds you could not. I think the birds have a lot of yeah legal situations. Okay, going on. The Toronto Raptor. Oh, I definitely grill that's a dinosaur. A, that's a dinosaur, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, you basically do when you grill a gator. That's a dinosaur. And a chicken, arguably. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. Again, though, you need a giant fucking grill. Or like a real good hacksaw. Fine. I mean, the Flintstones figured it out. I'm sure we could. Fair point. You just need a big wood-burning stove. You can just chuck them in there. (laughs) That's not grilling. Are there any mascot birds that we could grill? Uh, Are there any really common birds? I mean... Are there any chickens? There's got to be some chickens. Big Red, the Cardinals mascot. But I don't, I don't think, because Cardinals are state birds in a lot of states, which also makes them protected. Does it? Yeah. I don't know if that's an automatic thing. No, I don't think it is automatic, but I think in a lot of states there are rules about what you can and cannot do with the state, whatever. Uh, Cardinals are protected by the migratory Bird something something migratory bird treaty act of yeah. 1918. Does any team have wait a, a minute? Wait, a I'm mascot? sorry. Pause. Pause. Uh, although they are not considered endangered or threatened in any way in the U.S., the bird, the cardinal, is protected under the 1918 migratory bird treaty act. This ruling uh-huh. also bans them being sold as caged birds. In the U.S., mm-hmm. it is against the law to possess, kiss, or take in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, kiss. Is that a typo? I don't know. It's supposed to be kill, but it says kiss. I don't know. Just... <laughs> but if you kiss a right. cardinal, you could face well, a fine clearly... of six months and $15,000. Six months in prison and $15,000. Well, it was trap on the list. Plans. You can't trap a, a cardinal? Right. You can't. You can't, can't take it constrain. in any way. Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking we test this by... Tr- by humanely trapping one and kissing it in front of a police station but i think that's out of the question too I mean, feel free but uh such set aside your bail money first please all right so yeah it would have to be an obviously a non-migratory bird a turkey a chicken a yeah. rooster a hen oh there's gonna be there's roosters a there's gonna be chicken some... gamecocks south carolina game there we go is there a like pheasants somebody's gotta be the somebody's gotta pheasants. be the pheasants Wait, there's a San Diego chicken. Oh, yeah? What team? San Diego. Like, what sport? Baseball. Baseball fans in San Diego consider the chicken as their own. Huh. I mean, you can't grill a padre. That's that's super illegal. I mean, you can, but yeah, you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about goats? Does anybody... all Like, the rams. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But there may be... Are there protected ram species, like mountainish probably mountain sheep are well so here's a good here's another good differentiation so the the rams would be a tasty one to put on the grill but could Mm -hmm. be one that you get arrested for same with the birds probably very tasty also illegal most of the birds though are going to be too small to even be worthwhile like the orioles the cardinals that's not the question (laughs) fair i guess they would be a tasty mouthful but, like, that's going to be the extent of it. 
and you know you've got your i'm sure there's a whole subsection of obviously the bulls but right various right cow steer longhorn base mm-hmm. mascots and we've got Bears. multiple dinosaurs too there's i mean there's the what is the is it the rockies who has the triceratops as the mascot yes yeah there are also bears. There's bears. Um, yeah, but those are protected. Tigers. Yeah, they're definitely protected. I don't um, know if they are. The only reason I'm not sure that they are is because I was listening to an episode of Maintenance Phase where they were talking about Ted Nugent's cookbook, which has a recipe for bear. Oh boy. It might depend on where you are. You might be yes. able to eat bear in Alaska. Yeah. But, uh, certain species, because I'm sure grizzlies are protected, but like black well, also, bears... No, I'm pretty sure black bears are also protected. Also, but again, depending on where you are, uh, none of us are going up against a grizzly to try to get that on the grill. We're ending up on the grill if we're working with a grizzly. <laughs> yep. I mean, I can't promise that my grandfather does not have any in his freezer. Like, nor he would might. I ask you to promise that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no team that. Are there any? There's no teams that's like the reindeer or the elk or whatever. I feel like there's got to be some elk. Probably the, not the reindeer, caribou. not in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, the caribou or something. Somebody in like North Howard Dakota has the elk, to be the elk. From Northwest Nazarene University. There we go. Yum. Toss that sucker on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like a lot of the West Coast ones that I can think of are like abstract concepts, like the mariners. Like, you can't grill a mariner or like mm-hmm. the earthquakes or the wave or you know yeah a lot of the the abstract and or natural phenomena yeah now yeah this podcast generally does believe in eating the rich right in which case we oh, should sure. go after the los angeles kings yes yeah oh yeah and the sacramento kings also uh-huh <laughs> yep it might be illegal but it's a bad law so we're allowed to break it there we go i like it quick somebody change the subject <laughs> <laughs> The senators, relatedly. Oh, the, the Kraken. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Kraken, there's the, the big But the Kraken's drill. mascot is a it. troll, though. It's not actually a Kraken. Is it? Well, it fine. Is? I'll eat a troll. That is That's super not protected. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll let you fall on that one. <sighs> Who else? Yeah, so the Kings... Why the would you call your team the Kraken and have a troll mascot? Because how do you have you're a tr- Seattle and you have a troll under the bridge? Yeah, how are and you gonna? How do you have a kraken as a actual physical mascot? Yeah, like you make a kraken suit. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the lady makes a science. good point. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. I did not know that. And the troll is I cute, just... though. I mean, kinda. <laughs> but if your options are troll or kraken. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to win this argument. So it's really really like not. a huge unforced error. <laughs> uh, the Vegas. It's like if the Warriors oh, mascot was a penguins. goat. Oh, there we go. What else do we have? Yeah, there's like the Grizzlies, the Predators, the Angels. Can you grill an angel, <laughs> or is that illegal? Georgia Bulldogs. <sighs> I'm not eating a bulldog. Mm. I, I think that's illegal and not tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly gristle, I would think. I would have assumed fat. Yeah, probably that too. I'm really curious well, now if there are any laws in like Nevada or Arizona about like grilling extraterrestrials. 
I feel like I have seen alien jerky in like the gas oh, stations. Yeah. So yeah, because there's that uh, on the the road from L.A. to mm-hmm. to Vegas. There's that famous mm-hmm. uh, alien jerky. Yeah, sign. So guess not. Then. I, I do not think Nevada would disallow <laughs> the grilling of aliens. Uh, right. No, or New Mexico. Could we eat Bing Dwen Dwen? Which is the panda from the last Olympics. I'm pretty oh. sure they're an endangered species and thus we cannot. That is the most forbidden mascot. <laughs> uh, the most mascot meat. There's our title right there. <laughs> uh, we could eat Quachi and Miga. Quachi the Sasquatch and Miga the sea bear, which is a mythical animal that is part killer and part Kermode bear. They were the Vancouver 2010 mascots. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, what about uh, Lou the seal? The seal. I guess you. I guess seals are probably protected. Seals are probably yeah, protected. not in. Not in. Uh, yeah, not in the San US. Francisco. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could go down to the pier and try to test it, but I don't think that would end well. <laughs> Feel free. I mean, listen, I gotta be honest. Sea lion's gonna eat you. That's <laughs> what's gonna <laughs> yeah. happen. I gotta tell you guys, I'm starting to get hungry, and I'm thinking about getting barbecue for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So which mascot are you going to eat tonight, Rebecca? Whichever one has good ribs. Uh, The Rams. The LA Rams. Or Benny the Bull, I guess. Razorbacks. uh, Arizona Razorbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or the... the, the... (gasps) Have you some pulled pork? Wait, the new Washington Commander's mascot is a hog. Done. Well, there you go. That's the best of all of them. <laughs> oh, he's kind of a pig deal. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm eating that. <laughs> I'm, I'm grilling that up. Uh, what a good debate. I'm so glad I we settled this on this. Yes. And I, so, I foresee our text chain in the future just being every once in a while, somebody like shouts the type of a mascot. Uh huh. And then we uh, vote on grill or no grill. Grill or no grill. <laughs> grill or no grill. That might be a better episode. Title. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Okay, but here's the real question: What would gritty taste like? I'm not sure. We have enough data to yeah make a guess. But Rebecca looks like she does. <laughs> she wants to make a guess. Please, Rebecca, favor us. I think that gritty either tastes exactly how he sounds. Mm. Or he tastes like a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, oh yeah, that. Mm, yep, yep. You might be correct. Uh huh. Because since uh-huh. he's I not a, a real steak. thing, he doesn't have to taste like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chicken, pork, whatever. I think he probably tastes like a Philly cheesesteak. I'll buy that. Or cream cheese. Maybe. No, probably the cheesesteak. Yeah. Sorry, gritty. I love you, but oh, I've never, I've never asked you, Rebecca. Were you a Pat's person or a Gino's person? Um, I didn't really care. They were, they oh, were, okay. they were the same. Like honestly, if we're being honest, they tasted exactly the same. They were once owned by the same person. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, really, if you want good cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, you go to Jim's. I hope nobody takes away my Philadelphia card. But good luck finding me <laughs> here in Arizona. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right. Well, with that, uh, I'll go ahead and start to wrap us up. Rebecca, can you tell the people where they can find us? I would love to do that, Rachel. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, folks, you can find us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast, Twitter at foulpuckpod. Our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. If you want to yell at or with me about cycling, I am at Agent Bex on Twitter. Spell that or as Bex. long as. <laughs> oh, yes. B E C S. Yes. For as long as Twitter is with us. Oh, which, yeah. Who knows? It uh, shorter down, every day. <laughs> it might be down by the time we finish recording this podcast. Yep. This is true. Uh, I would like to thank Joe for listening to all of this and putting <laughs> it into some semblance of order. And I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage everybody not only to weigh in on the grill or not grill debate, uh, but also to rate us five stars uh, on iTunes, on the podcast listening device app device of your choice uh and also to tell your friends tell your family uh and i would say tweet about it but uh post it on the social media of your choice question mark question mark (laughs) text your friends a link text your friends a link there we go yep all right thank you everybody and uh, go kick some balls go grill some mascots oh that's better podcasting.